1: Let this one play out a little bit, Jordan. This is good stuff. Mixing things up here a little bit on the AwesomeO.com NFL Strategy Show. What's going on, everybody? I'm Dave Lachron. It's Thursday, so that means I'm joined by Matt Gajewski. It's 10, well, oh, 10.02 Eastern Time. Apologies for the tardiness, but we got a lot to get into. A monster Thursday night football game today. Got to do everything we can to wash that stink off of us. From Monday Night Football and get to some real action here between the Arizona Cardinals and the Seattle Seahawks. Matt, I am stoked for this game. Last time we saw these two teams play, we saw an absolute outburst of scoring, of yards, of passing, of rushing, and I think we could see it once again tonight.
0: Yeah, man, I'm pumped. We always talk about our excitement for the quote-unquote bad games. We get a legit good game this, this tonight. And it's going to be a ton of scoring. I'm envisioning Vegas has the total at 57 and a half. It's been climbing. It might even be higher at this point. So, yeah, man, I'm pumped.
1: Me too. We're happy to have you guys with us. It's a good game we got finally. Like you said, we get into the bad games. You have to, right? You got to, it's not even feigning excitement. You got to show some excitement and have some excitement because they're still running Millie out there for some of the worst games possible. But this one's a lot of fun. Uh, if you guys haven't hit that thumbs up, go ahead and do so. Uh, if you're watching live, what's up? If you're watching after we recorded uh, on or, or you're listening on the podcast, we're happy to have you guys with us. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so. Uh, and how would you have yet? Because we just started. But if you're new to the channel, welcome. Um, look, when you subscribe to the channel, it helps us be able to put out new content, better content for free Get great guests on, improve the production quality like Jordan Klein behind the scenes here, putting in the work each and every day. Help us get the 50K by the end of the year. It would be awesome. That'd be the best Christmas gift you could give to any of us. So, yeah, hit that sub, hit that thumbs up and the notification bell if you haven't done so yet. Matt, my wife has already put Christmas decorations up. It's not even Thanksgiving yet.
0: Well, I'm a savage who lives alone by himself, and I don't even have a TV, so you can tell I probably don't have any Christmas decorations up. And uh,
1: you don't have a w- TV?
0: No, man. I, li- I what live are by you, myself, Dave, man. Basically, man. You, I feel like the chat is really learning a lot about me over these streams, but yeah, I, I do not have a television.
1: So let me get this right. You wake up. Let me. Let, let we we got plenty of time here, but I think you guys will appreciate this. So, Matt, I found out. He's almost as strange as Ben Rasa. He goes to sleep at like eight o'clock every night, wakes up at 4 a.m., eats tuna straight out of the can and doesn't have a television. Am I getting that right?
0: That is accurate.
1: I might have to fleet this. <laughs> All right, let's go. We've got uh, only one game. It's a showdown, baby. We'll kick it off with Arizona. But first, the um, the injury report isn't anything insane, Matt. Tyler Lockett's questionable, expected to play. Chris Carson's questionable. We should have his status sooner than later, but he was practicing. So I'm going to go ahead and consider him in. Travis Homer is doubtful. That has more of an impact, of course, if Carson sits. And Max Williams, questionable. On the defensive side, Quentin Dunbar and Shaq Griffin are both out for Seattle. Am I missing anything? Anything significant?
0: No, I don't think so. I think he hit it all.
1: All right. We got the Seahawks laying three points at home. Matt said at 57 and a half point total. I've seen it at 57, 56 and a half at some spots, but it's, it's extraordinarily high. The, the, the Cardinals have a 26.75 implied total, 29.75 for the Seahawks. Matt, will start with Arizona. Last time they faced the Cardinals or the, the Seahawks, Seattle allowed 360 passing yards to Kyler Murray. They allowed 159 rushing yards to the Cardinals, of which Murray had 67 and a touchdown himself. And they allowed 519 total yards, and they won. Now, amazingly, just to give you an idea of, of how bad Seattle's defense has been this year, this is only the third highest yardage total all season from the Seahawks. As far as passing yards go, they've allowed more passing yards to Buffalo. They allowed more passing yards to uh, Dallas, to New England, and to Atlanta. <laughs> we're in for it tonight, dude.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, there were some stats I saw about this Seattle defense, like on record-breaking like, trajectories here as far as how bad they've been, just like the raw yardage they're allowing to opposing offenses. And it's been phenomenal for the purposes of DFS, and playing these single game slates. So, I mean, just speaking to your point, I think there's going to be a lot of scoring tonight and probably on both sides too. You know, Arizona's defense hasn't been, uh, they're more middle of the pack than Seattle certainly, but they haven't been anything to really, I mean, hang your hat on either. They're without a couple of key contributors. I mean, Chandler Jones is on IR. They've had a lot of trouble generating pass rush without him. And actually there's a lot of guys on their defensive line out tonight. So I think even on the other side, Seattle, Russell Wilson should have no problem throwing all day.
1: You're getting some love in chat. Uh, Winepress says Matt's living savage mode life. Uh, someone says Matt's background looks like he's making a hostage video. Uh, Spencer <laughs> says Spen- Spencer-, Spencer says all you're missing now is a cat. Uh, <laughs> our boy El Negro Loco, We need to get mad at TV. Yeah, th- you know what? We should. Wine Press says, Alex, please buy Matt a TV for Christmas. <laughs> you know, all of the super chats we get, I throw the name up on the Iverson jersey back here. Uh, I'm going to do a cool video for this later. But if we get any super chats throughout the week, I'm going to put them all towards getting Matt a TV. Even if it's like a 32-inch TV, I don't care what it is. We're going to get this man a TV <laughs> so he can enjoy himself. And then the last one uh, is... Where is it? Someone basically, oh, here it is. Chase said, I'll donate a TV based off of his college work alone. So you're getting some love, man. You're getting some love. We got to get you, we got to get you living in the the 21st century first
0: up. Dude, I just bought a space heater last weekend. So I don't have a thermostat in my apartment. You guys, I live in the weirdest place on the planet. I live in Milwaukee, but I live in a weird little studio and I don't have a thermostat. So I'm at the mercy of the building and they keep it extremely cold. So I finally have (laughs) heat now. This
1: is, this is unbearable. I don't know. I actually, I respect it. I do. I, I have respect for that. All right. Uh, Kyler Murray nineteen five in the captain spot. You're rocking him in the utility. It's 13,000. He's more expensive than Russell Wilson by a pretty wide margin. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that his rushing upside, I mean, Matt, he's t- the 20, would you agree? He's the 2020 version of Lamar Jackson and, I don't know, at this point in the season, he might even be better than Lamar Jackson was last year because the guy can rip off 300 passing yards with relative ease. uh, And he's also rushed for a number of touchdowns this season. The man has, what, four rushing touchdowns? I'm sorry, no, 10 rushing touchdowns, four fumbles. But 10 rushing touchdowns, 17 passing touchdowns. He'll get picked off and turn the ball over from time to time. But really, when it comes down to the quarterback position, He has the highest ceiling of anyone right now based on what he can do with his legs.
0: Yeah, I I think for sure we have to consider what he does with his legs. Typically on these slates, I'm not really considering quarterback in the captain slot. Typically, if you throw 300 yards passing, there's a strong chance one of the wide receivers just from PPR, 100-yard bonuses themselves, that they'll outperform a quarterback in the captain slot. With Kyler Murray, we have a whole nother dynamic with his legs. He's not only going to give you potentially the 300 yard bonus and all the upside that comes with that, but he's a threat for the hundred yard bonus on the ground. You mentioned the 10 rushing touchdowns. It's just incredible upside from a signal caller.
1: El Negro Loco just donated $25 for the TV fund. (laughs) Appreciate you brother. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) Pascal. Okay. So we talked about this a lot on Monday and I actually want to tie these two games together because as much as you and I liked Dalvin Cook, I think there was a general consensus that, like, hey, you don't need to put him in the captain spot. Like, if you want to, sure, but you don't have to because of how egregiously expensive he is. He was north of of twenty thousand. If you play Kyler Murray in the captain spot, Matt, it'll it allows you sixty one hundred dollars per player. Now let's take that a step further because it doesn't really put this in context. Let's say you wanted to play him with DeAndre Hopkins, okay? Because DeAndre Hopkins could absolutely go off in this matchup. Uh, I, I actually don't see how he does it. Monster 100-yard 100, uh, 100 10 reception in a score game against Seattle in Week 7. If you play him with Kyler Murray, you have less than $5,000 remaining per player.
0: DraftKings did a good job with this. It's going to be extremely hard to just jam in the plays we want to, which I think makes for an overall good showdown slate. I think one way right away you can just get contrained and still play some of the guys you want is play a cheaper captain. We talked about this with Dalvin Cook. You don't necessarily have to play him in the captain. Maybe if you even say you don't even play DeAndre Hopkins in the captain, maybe you go down to a secondary option like Christian Kirk. Could you jam all three in your lineup in that instance? Well, it'd be a lot easier and you'd have a lot more salary remaining to field a viable lineup.
1: Okay, so... Would you say, let's do this. We'll take a look at ownership first. It's going to be super important. It's always important for these slates. Uh, You know where it is at awesome under our ownership projections for NFL. Well, we have them for all uh, we have it for all sports, but uh, for NFL ownership projections for the showdown slate, we've got Kyler Murray. Have you looked at ownership yet?
0: Yeah, I have it up right now.
1: Okay. I was going to, I was going to ask you if you hadn't to take a guess uh, on what it's going to be, (laughs) but that's Okay. What do you, what, what is his ownership? What is Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins ownership coming at right now? And in the captain spot.
0: So right now, Kyler Murray is 80% owned overall. 27% of that is coming in the captain spot. DeAndre Hopkins, 54% ownership, 13 coming in the captain spot. So you're looking at right around 40% of lineups having either Hopkins or Kyler Murray as their captain. And I assume If you have Kyler Murray in your captain, you're probably trying to play Hopkins in your flex and vice versa, just because of the very strong correlation between these two plays.
1: The top stack tool we have is actually, we use it for showdowns too, but it's really the top players tool because it takes the probability that they're going to be the top scorer. Uh, It takes salary weighted top scoring probability and the the probability that they're going to be in the two through six spot based on utility or two through five spot based on FanDuel's utility uh, Kyler Murray has a 24% chance of being the top score. that's the highest on the slate. DeAndre Hopkins is third at 16.5. Uh, and yeah, uh, Kyler Murray has a 66 percent chance of being 2 through 6 and 25% or 24% of being the top score. Matt, he clearly is, if you're being salary agnostic here and not looking at salary or anything and just talking, talking about who's going to be the best player on the slate or who should be, I think Kyler Murray has to be the guy that you're saying is the highest likelihood of being the best option, whether it's in the captain spot or the utility spot to get into lineups.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I think there's no question about that. I think the only question with Kyler Murray is how you start fielding viable contrarian lineups around him. We'll talk about the value on the slate, but we don't have any of these just straight min price guys that were jamming in getting Kyler into the captain slot easily it's going to lead to some tough decisions. And we, we know we want to play him. I think it's just a matter of where.
1: I know. And that's why I'm, 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 I'm kind of working the structure of today's show a little bit differently than the last couple because we haven't had this issue, Matt. Like in the past couple of weeks, we haven't had this issue. We had Cowboys and, and, and the Eagles. We had the Giants in Tampa. We had uh, the, the Bears in Minnesota outside of Dalvin Cook. You could still make that work. This is really difficult Uh, Even Christian Kirk is coming in at 7,400. Like if you're building one lineup or you're building a three max lineup and you're throwing your first lineup in, how are you starting it out? Not just with one player, but a few players while we're still on the Arizona side of the football.
0: If I'm playing Arizona to get and I do like going to some of the secondary pass catchers. I think the favorite being Christian Kirk, just because of the leverage we're expected to gain with him. It's not like he's unowned. He'll, you know, have semi ownership on this slate, but compared to Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, it's a fraction of it. So I think you could look to him and, I mean, in the captain spot right now, he's projected for less than 1%, which is pretty ridiculous to me because we've seen him have huge games.
1: Christian Kark, man, has been, it feels like he's scored more touchdowns than he has receptions this year because <laughs> there were a few games there, right? Where he had, Remember against Dallas, two receptions for 86 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Against Seattle, he had five receptions. He also had two touchdowns, only 37 yards. He's got six scores on the year, and five of them have come over his last four games. How much do you like him today?
0: I think we can kind of bank on his target share now. It's grown quite a bit. In his last three games, target counts of eight, eight, and six. In the beginning of the year, he hadn't eclipsed eight targets once, in his first five games so it's positive to see him being used a little bit more you know we've seen this trend like larry fitzgerald gets phased out of the offense a little bit as the season goes along i'm just happy that christian kirk is finally seeing a larger target share so i think you can pretty much look to him as a contrarian captain and feel okay about it
1: yeah i mean at the tight end position dan arnold has 20 receptions on the or sorry 20 targets on the entire season right that's it and he's got several games where he's been targeted zero times. Uh, He doesn't have a single game north of four targets on the year. Aside from him, DeAndre Hopkins, easily the target leader, has almost doubled the next closest player, which is Larry Fitzgerald. Now, him and Christian Kirk, very similar targets over the course of the season, but like you said, it does appear that Kirk is beginning to pull away as the clear definitive number two wide receiver on this team over the past three weeks, and that's how it should be. Um, is there anybody else, though, when we're talking about potential opportunities to score, to rack up big plays, whether it be Andy Isabella, Dan Arnold, uh, Chase Edmonds, anyone else, or and Larry Fitzgerald, kind of fit into the mix here that, that we can pair with Murray? Because you mentioned we're not going to have a lot of good value, but we are like we don't have a choice. We have to find someone. We can't just plug in everyone and, and rock a $100,000 lineup.
0: You mentioned upside. I'm not sure this player necessarily fits that mold, but Larry Fitzgerald comes in here fairly affordable. And when you have players like Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins in your lineup, given their salary and their upside, I'm not sure you need to chase just straight upside with a guy like Andy Isabella, who only played on 11 of 79 snaps last week. I think you can more confidently look to a guy like Larry Fitzgerald. He's in a full-time role. And while he certainly doesn't possess the same kind of upside, like and he's not going to catch an 80-yard touchdown like Andy Isabella. It's just not in a 37-year-old's range of outcomes. But he's very consistent with his target volume. He has a 16% target share. We're talking about how fast Arizona is and how many pass attempts they have. He has at least four targets in four straight games. In his last three games, eight targets, five targets, and five targets. At his price, that's probably enough to get you just the value when you have a DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray already in your lineup. So I think Fitzgerald's a nice play. I wouldn't look to Isabella as much again, just 11 out of 79 snaps last week, Dan Arnold's running more routes than him at the tight end position. They're like right in the same price range. So I'd actually prefer Dan Arnold over him at this point. And I guess one injury situation with the Cardinals right now, Max Williams and Daryl Daniels are both questionable for this game. Max Williams got in just a limited practice. Daryl Daniels, He did not practice at all this week, and he's questionable for this game. So it might be Dan Arnold with elevated opportunities in the tight end room.
1: We are getting traction, baby. Josh plays DFS with a $5 super chat. Said Matt's helped all of us. Needs to mount his new TV behind him for all of us to see. Jordan Klein with five on it. Thanks, brother. Adjuster BG throws 10 down uh david zaleski five dollars he's super chatted before appreciate you and william westry has as well that's 10 from him matt
0: (laughs) we're getting there baby do we not have the best chat in all the sports talk
1: they're great they're the great like these guys are awesome and uh that's why i think this show is so much fun to do every day because we got an awesome community here so appreciate you guys even just hanging out and uh you know helping us support the channel it's huge So who are your favorite pass catchers, your favorite pairings, and really the most logical pairings, like the most workable pairings for Kyler Murray before we move on to the run game?
0: I think you can get DeAndre Hopkins. The slate isn't crazy enough. They're not priced prohibitively enough where we can't straight up get Hopkins. I think if you're playing Kyler Murray and you play Hopkins, you probably have to take a strong look at Larry Fitzgerald, which I'm fine with. He doesn't have the upside, but again, it's a single game slate. You're probably not taking upside with every single player in your lineup. Anyway, I like, I prefer Larry Fitzgerald over the kickers. Otherwise, I think Dan Arnold sneaky, just because of the the tight end injuries we'll see with Daryl Daniels and Maxwell Adams. watch if they play. I think it could be, you know, a spot for leverage on this slate. As far as the runners go, I think both of them are priced appropriately. This is the most efficient rushing team in the NFL right now, as far as yards per attempt goes. A lot of that is because of Kyler Murray. It's not just straight up Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds, but like Chase Edmonds for his receiving role at 5,600, I think that's a pretty appropriate price.
1: So do I. And on a slate like this, things are very doable. Matter of fact, Chase Edmonds was in a primetime game against, I think, Dallas. And uh, you know what? Maybe it wasn't Dallas. There was one game where he had... A ton of 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 pass a, a ton of um, was it, who was it? Where he was he caught like eight balls to close out the game. Was the Seattle Arizona game prime time before? I can't remember.
0: I don't remember either, but I know the game you're talking about. Chase Edmonds. I mean, he has a ton of receptions. He only has one game this whole two games this year below three targets.
1: Yeah, I know. I think this is a pretty reasonable spot, and more than, more than that, a pretty reasonable salary. For Chase Edmonds. Do you have interest in in, uh, in Kenyon Drake, who made his return last week after a, uh, only a one-game hiatus, I believe? I think it was one game. They had a bye before that. Yeah. He played. He had 100 yards on 16 attempts. He didn't find the end zone, but once again, got mixed in clearly as, as the guy that Cliff Kingsbury wants to go to as his lead back on first and second down. He had 16 attempts. Edmonds still had eight and three targets, but Um, We can expect Kenyon Drake to keep getting the the majority of touches out of the backfield, at least on the ground.
0: Yeah, and he's been pretty efficient. I think just given this offense's overall efficiency on the ground, you could look to Kenyon Drake and then you want to consider something like volume for this player. While he's not seeing the targets, he's still averaging 18.3 touches per game. I looked at his targets. He only has two games above one target this year. Both of those games he had two. But if you, we, we like to play the game script game a lot here. And it's not necessarily trying to predict it. But when you're running your lineup out there, have it tell some sort of story. So if you think Arizona's up in this game, they're leaning on the run. Kenyon Drake is going to receive a lot of raw carries, a lot of red zone attempts. And I think for that reason, he's a value at his price.
1: Anybody else you like for Arizona?
0: I think we touched on just about every viable player. I think if you want to get really contrarian and play Kenyon Drake in your captain slot, A lot of people are trying to lean on this pass game, whether it's Murray, DeAndre Hopkins. You could gain some leverage just by taking the opposite route and playing one of the runners and hoping maybe they siphon off the touchdowns. Like DeAndre Hopkins catches the ball, gets down at the one. Boom, Kenyon Drake, one-yard touchdown.
1: Okay. Man, I'm stoked for this game. I really am. Um, I think I forgot to mention this at the top of the show, but we've got some awesome stuff going on right now with the holidays coming up, with Thanksgiving coming up. So, uh, hear me out because this is more than worth it. If you guys were looking to check out what we have going on at com, especially if you're into this showdown stuff, the, the promo code mayflower will get you a $1, not $1 off a $1 NFL weekly express pass. That includes all of the showdown content, the ownership projections, the top players tool, the stuff that Matt and I have been referencing over the past 25 minutes on this show. Um, the express top stacks tool, the express lineup builder, the rankings, and it's not just showdown content. We've got content for the main slates, for the afternoon slates as well, but we just recently added all of our showdown content into the express pass get it for $1 a week. There's no better time to jump in. I think Jordan said yesterday on the strategy show, it's like the price of a, uh, it's the price of an Arizona iced tea. And you know that the, you can't get a better deal than that. I mean, there's 400 ounces of iced tea in there for less than a dollar hop in $1 promo code mayflower at checkout. It's awesome.com slash join again, all of our showdown content. And with the size of these showdown contests, you need content to get an edge, to have an advantage, to understand the ownership, the probabilities and all that stuff. We've got you covered and You can parlay that information uh, and and, and our tools into the main slates and everything on Sunday as well. So Mayflower at checkout, awesomo.com slash join $1 for the Awesomo Plus or for the Awesomo NFL Weekly Express Pass. And uh, you know what? You'll still get access to the Slack chat, I'm pretty sure. So hop in the premium Slack chat when you do decide to sign up. Uh, It's a cool community talking about all the stuff we love every day, sports betting, DFS, you name it. All right, Matt, flip it to the other side with Seattle. Russell Wilson got off to a start this season where many of us were talking about him being, you know, in the MVP race, like legitimately in the MVP race. But now you're hearing a lot of dissension, right? He's thrown seven interceptions over his last four games, which is very un-Russell Wilson-like, double-digit picks on the year. He's thrown an absurd 28 touchdowns, though, which is he's on pace right now through nine games, for what 50 touchdowns. So that's good stuff, but all in all, you know, the upside here is as great as anything. And he's been forced to throw a ton this year with some injuries to the run game, kind of a stagnant run game at times. Chris Carson's been quiet 37 attempts, 41, 37, 50 over his last four games. Russell Wilson is most likely going to chuck it this year or this uh, tonight And a lot of that too, Matt, is their defense is so bad. Their pass defense is so bad that they need to in order to stay competitive with opposing teams.
0: Yeah, and maybe these interceptions hurt his MVP candidacy, but they're actually not that bad for fantasy. It's like the the Jameis Winston effect. You throw a pick, the other team scores, boom, your negative game script. That's more pass attempts for Russell Wilson, who I think is a little bit better than Jameis Winston. If he's going to throw the ball, I'm going to have a lot of interest. Of course, you mentioned the injuries on their defense don't help. Shaquille Griffin out, Quentin Dunbar out. Those are two of their main corners. So if Arizona is going to score at well, Russell Wilson's likely going to be forced into a pass-heavy game script. You do see him with not only a price break on Kyler Murray, but a little bit of an ownership break. It's not a ton, but he's about 6% less owned. That could make a difference if you just want to take the Seattle side and stack this up rather than the Arizona side. I mean, you can't really say enough good things about Russell Wilson.
1: You can't. Hey, by the way, someone asked, uh, is Christian Kirk in the captain spot too cute?
0: I don't think so. I mean, you can really, unless you're playing like extremely small field stuff or playing cash on a single game showdown, anything above like a couple thousand, I think you can certainly. With the Lucky Land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere. run Christian Kirk in the captain slot, and he's just going to automatically be contrarian, so then jam chalk around him.
1: I don't think it's that crazy either. Right now, he's getting, like, no projected ownership in the captain spot, but we've seen multiple times Christian Kirk post a two-touchdown game. One of them actually came against Seattle earlier this year, Matt. Uh, If you had a five-reception, 90-yard, two-touchdown game for Kirk, which is doable, is it probable? Well, no, but that's why he's priced where he is that can definitely get you where you need to go. There's no doubt about that. So, uh, no, I'm not opposed to it. And it's going to open things up. You're going to be able to jam a lot more studs in there underneath him. And really, that's the whole point. What about Seattle pass catchers? Tyler Lockett uh, is questionable, but all signs point towards him playing. He is expected to play, according to Coach Pete Carroll. And then DK Metcalf coming in as the second highest priced player on the Seattle Seahawks. The one thing we know about these guys is they have they trade off big games. But recently, DK Metcalf has been the surefire number one on this team. But both of them have a ton of upside. DK uh, Lockett's the only player on the year with three touchdowns in multiple games, and Metcalf is an absolute freak of nature that can can't be can't be guarded by anyone at this point. We've pretty much seen that. What do you make of the pass catchers here? We'll start with the two big names and then we'll work our way into some of the tertiary options.
0: Yeah. The, the thing I want to point out with them is their prices. Like it's going to be extremely hard to double stack them with Wilson, unless you just completely punt off somewhere else. There's a few guys I think you could maybe look to, but ultimately I think if you're building a well-rounded construction, you're probably picking between them. The injury is a little concerning with Lockett. Ultimately, I'll believe Pete Carroll in this spot, typically don't trust a lot of what Pete Carroll says, but Tyler Lockett still does have a slight edge in targets on the year. I know it's skewed towards Metcalf of late, but it's not that long ago we saw Tyler Lockett with a 20 target game. He's coming in slightly less owned, slightly cheaper here. And when we have two alpha receivers in the same offense, similar to maybe an Atlanta Falcons situation, I typically take the one that's lower owned. That would be Lockett in this spot. But ultimately, like I can't say anything bad about DK Metcalf either. It's nothing against the guy's talent.
1: Okay. Tim said, LOL, Jalen clamped him or am I missing something? Yeah. I mean, he was only targeted four times in that game. It was an overall pretty brutal performance from Russell Wilson and this team alike. So yeah, I mean, I guess if you want to say that that, that Jalen Ramsey shut him down, you could say that, but uh, at the same time, Tyler Lockett didn't do much on the other side uh, and we've seen DK Metcalf. What was it be- Wasn't it, wasn't it Tredavious White in the game prior to that that, um, That Metcalf went off for another monster game despite the shadow coverage?
0: I think it was. Yeah, he did face Tredavious White. I'm not concerned whatsoever with cornerback matchups.
1: Yeah. And DK Metcalf's just hulking size is really going to make it so if if Russell Wilson wants to get in the ball, he will. But sure, last week they, they had a very difficult time against Ramsey. Uh, against that St. Louis or uh, LA Rams defense for sure. I, Luffy, I know
0: you'll, you'll remember this play. Remember week two when I believe it was Seattle facing New England on primetime and Stefan Gilmore was trying to lock up DK Metcalf and DK Metcalf just straight bodied him down the yep. field for like a 75 yard touchdown.
1: Yes, I absolutely remember that. Finished with 92 yards and a score. Um, that, yeah, that play, Twitter blew up on that play. So I remember it vividly. He's done it a lot. He's, he's absolutely done it a lot. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him do it again today. Are there any secondary or options for, for Seattle that we can get to, because I think we're going to need to look somewhere. The crazy thing though, and I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm more surprised by this than you are just given how pricing has mostly looked like, but David Moore is I guess it's not crazy. He's 40, he's 4,800. He's had a couple solid games this year. He scored four touchdowns and given that Russell Wilson's path thrown for 28 scores, there are going to be some opportunities to get it done. And I can't help but think if I have to look somewhere for, again, the tertiary pass catching options, I, I kind of want to look towards a team that doesn't have a quarterback who runs the ball and has a bunch of banged up running backs in the backfield so if, he de- if they do score a lot of points, it's very likely going to be from Russell Wilson uh, throwing the football opposed to someone like Kyler Murray running the football. And yes, I know that Russell Wilson has ha- had more rushing upside this season, but it's not even close to Kyler Murray is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think looking at the ancillary options, it's probably David Moore given a slight preference to him over someone like Freddie Swain. It's a timeshare between these two receivers for the wide receiver three. We basically have David Moore playing about two-thirds of the snaps, give or take. Swain's playing about one-third of the snaps, but they're, they're priced appropriately for this role. I think you could even maybe argue that David Moore's a, a little too expensive just for the two-thirds of the snap over someone like Freddie Swain, who's near the minimum, but he still will play one-third of the snaps. It's not always amounting to a ton of targets, but he did see four last week, and that could definitely get you there near the minimum price. I think we should take a look at some Greg Olson, though. I know they've rotated tight ends a bit in the past, but Jacob Hollister was almost entirely phased out of the offense. Only played 9% of snaps last week. Will Disley is just a pure blocker. He played on 36% of snaps, but only ran six total routes. Greg Olson was out there on 72% of snaps and ran 35 routes. It's not always leading to targets, but single game slate, we need to target some cheap players. Greg Olson's on the field a lot for a Russell Wilson led offense.
1: Okay. So outside of guys like Lockett and Metcalf, who Who are you willing to target on this game? Uh, I'm sorry, on the Seahawks. Uh, Outside of those guys, you mentioned Greg Olson. Um, Let's do this instead. Rank your wide receivers slash pass catchers, so slash tight ends for the Seahawks.
0: Yeah, so based on, I'll I'll do Lockett and Metcalf separate. I think Lockett is a better play in larger fields because he's coming in lower owned and he's cheaper. Metcalf easily number two. However you want to shake that, those are the one-two. Behind them, I actually prefer Greg Olson over David Moore. If you just look at the last four games play, Greg Olson's run more routes in three or four games. That's over David Moore. So I'll put Greg Olson three, David Moore four. Freddie Swain would be five.
1: Okay. The run game. DJ Dallas, I, I'd say he filled in uh, somewhat admirably when in the absence of Carlos Hyde and Chris Carson. He had that. 18 for 41 game, not great, but he scored both on the ground and through the air. Uh, and then he had another rushing touchdown against Buffalo. He didn't do all that much from an efficiency standpoint, but he found his way to cross the goal line with the pigskin, Matt, and that was all that mattered uh, last week. Two uh, two carries for eight yards. Carlos Hyde was out for a game. He returned last. Or, uh, he he's returning this week, full participant. And then it looks like Chris Carson has a very good chance of returning too. He did get some practice time in. This is an ugly situation. We haven't seen this backfield at full health in a while now. So it's really hard to understand what, what Carroll and company are going to do. What do you think happens here?
0: Yeah, man. I mean, trusting Pete Carroll has been so rough with this running back room. Chris Carson initially gets hurt. And then the next week he's like, all right, Chris Carson's a game time decision. He's a really good chance to play. Then he misses two subsequent games. I saw a report this morning. I'm not sure what to make of it. It was from Pete Carroll himself again, saying Chris Carson's not as far along as Carlos Hyde. I took that to mean perhaps Chris Carson misses this game, but Carlos Hyde returns. And I think given that instance, Carlos Hyde would lead the backfield in touches. When Chris Carson initially got hurt, Carlos Hyde jumped up for 18 touches. That was 15 carries in three targets. He's competing with Alex Collins and DJ Dallas. We know Alex Collins is a practice squad journeyman. Uh, Laffy, I have a long history with DJ Dallas going back to the draft process. He is a, uh, he's not a favorite prospect of mine.
1: No. Why is that?
0: I did it. I did a podcast in the off season with a friend and we did literally a five minute episode on every single draftable skill position player. And we did one on DJ Dallas and he picked it up and he made this like hype video and he used some of our, I guess, I wouldn't exactly call them negative comments, but critical comments behind like some, some hip hop music and some highlights of him and put it out on Twitter and just shame me for the world to see.
1: (laughs) So hold on a second. You were, have you been against DJ Dallas from the jump?
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm a big into college football. So DJ Dallas, what didn't grade out as like a strong prospect or anything that doesn't matter for DFS. Like all I care about in DFS is who gets the work.
1: Sure. Yeah. By the way, uh, a report from four hours ago now says Carson unlikely to play. So, uh, again, we've seen some weird stuff uh, with, with reporting. I, I guess now we just have to consider Carson out. I mentioned earlier in the show that we'll consider him in. Uh, I, I missed that previous report. So if Carson's out, yeah, Carlos Hyde would be the guy. I know this because I had some fantastic lineups in this showdown slate. Uh, when he played, you know what? It was a showdown slate, Matt. Because no, you know what? I don't even know at this point. All I know is I had a showdown showdown lineups with fantastic, fantastic opportunity and upside. And Chris Carson got hurt, and I watched Carlos Hyde rack up all of the yards, haul in some receptions, and uh, you know, crush my dreams. What game was that? What was the last game Carson played? Let's see. Here. It was. It was Arizona. So that was a primetime game. Had to have been. Yep, it had to have been because that's the last time he played. And I specifically remember him getting off to a great start, picking up a couple big runs, and then never coming back. So um, what do you make of this Arizona run defense? Is, if you're looking to attack them, let's just block out everything else, right, and just kind of zoom in on, the, on, on which angle of attack could work best. Do you think they're easily, most easily attacked on the ground through the air? Are they an equal opportunity yards allower uh, and kind of just middle in the middle of the road in all of those departments? What do you say, Matt?
0: Yeah, I, I don't think their defense really stands out too much in either fashion. As far as on the ground, they have been fairly giving so far this year. They're like four point five yards per attempt. I think the main thing to focus on here is they could be without some defensive linemen. Arizona, it looks like Jordan Phillips. He'll be out this game. So there's a few guys in the interior defensive line that may even open up additional running rooms for the Seattle team. Watch some of the injuries ahead of the game. But Arizona has also, I mean, just in the past game, they haven't been phenomenal. They've had a fairly solid defense this year, but I think they can definitely be had in both phases.
1: Now that I think of it, Robert says Sunday night or Lafayette. I think as a matter of fact, that was the game that got flexed to Sunday night because of coronavirus concerns and Tampa Bay and the Vegas Raiders got flexed into the four PM that that's what I think happened as a matter of fact. All right, Matt, um, kickers in this game, it doesn't seem like the best spot for them. The Seattle Seahawks on the season are averaging the uh, third fewest made field goals on the year. Not a huge surprise to me at all. Them and Seattle and Philadelphia are right down there at the bottom, but or them uh, the Rams, sorry, in Philadelphia. The, the amazing part, though, about when you look at some of the teams that average the lowest amount of made field goals per game, most of them, Matt, are teams that don't score a ton of points. Seattle is completely opposite. They score a lot of points. It's just all touchdowns, right? They're averaging, four. I think, 4.3 uh, touchdown, offensive touchdowns per game, which is an insane number right now. And a lot of that uh, relies on Russell Wilson. So uh, I just, I don't know. Maybe you want to get to a kicker to be a little bit different here, but when it comes to Seattle, how much love can we really have for somebody that, that hasn't really had to kick much this season outside of a bunch of extra points?
0: When I'm looking at kickers, I like to look at the game total a lot. If we expect a lot of touchdowns, this is aside from the fact that Seattle has been super efficient at actually punching in their red zone opportunities. But when we have higher totals, it just means more points overall, less opportunities for kickers comparatively towards some of the skilled position players. Just with the raw touchdowns, that'll be scored. A perfect example of this is the Monday night game where we had a very low scoring affair featuring the Bears. Caro Santos gets a lot of kicking opportunities. And because they didn't score as many touchdowns, Cairo Santos just has a better chance of beating some of the skill position players with Arizona and Seattle. I think that's far less likely to occur based on the scoring output we expect to see.
1: It's pretty crazy though. The last four weeks, Jason Myers has been more involved. Uh, He kicked a 61 yarder last week. He's had 12 fantasy points in three of his last four. I guess the only argument I could make here, Matt, is that it feels a little bit like the Seattle offense is, I think stalling out would be the wrong word because Buffalo, San Francisco, and Arizona, they dropped 30-plus points on all of them. I think it would make more more sense to say that we're beginning to see a little bit of positive regression from the kicker standpoint where – there's just no way that you get into the red zone. You get into opposing teams territory that often and don't ever have field goal opportunities. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. I think we have to look at the other players in this like price range for kickers, other guys you think can outscore them because we obviously want to jam in some of the studs at the top. So when, you know, we're looking at Myers and, and Zane Gonzalez, I mean, their price right around Chase Edmonds, David Moore, they're not significantly cheaper than even a guy like, I don't know, Christian Kirk's in this range. He's a little bit higher. Even Kenyon Drake, Larry Fitzgerald. I think all of those guys we just mentioned have a higher likelihood of, of just scoring more points. Like Larry Fitzgerald from a PPR perspective, Edmonds and Drake from touchdowns. If you even want to go a little bit lower, I think Greg Olson's a better value.
1: NFL ownership projections and NFL showdown projections free at awesome.com today. We're just giving away everything in the giving spirit, PGA projections and MMA ownership projections. Check all that out at awesome And before we go, we're going to build a lineup right now, Matt, you and me, because this is going to be, this is going to be a tough one. We're going to do it tonight. We have a special intro show to the live before a before Alex and Kyle DeVore go live, Adam Scher and Josh Engelman are going live for 30 or so minutes with Josh has his sims that he's going to pull up. He has an amazing simulation that gives you a ton of valuable information. Uh, And then Adam is just, you know, super sharp with this stuff. Game theory, strategy, lineup, construction. They're going to lead you into live before lock. So be sure to be around. Tune in early. I think we're going live around 640 Eastern time, running that all the way up to 720 lock or 730, whatever time it is, 720. All right, Matt, let's build a lineup. It's going to be tough. You ready for this?
0: Yeah, man, let's do it.
1: All right. You kick it off. Captain spot.
0: I think we go a little contrarian. Maybe maybe it's not like extremely contrarian, but instead of playing one of these Arizona stacks, I like putting a guy like Lockett in the captain spot. As far as some of the leverage he gives you, it's he's still going to be owned in the captain spot, but he's coming in, depending on the projections, fourth or fifth most owned player. Of course, DeAndre Hopkins will be more owned than him. It looks like both Signal Collars and DK Metcalf. But you still have a phenomenal player and an access point to a, an explosive offense.
1: I absolutely love that. Tyler Lockett's second thir- three-touchdown game, sounds crazy saying that, came against Arizona. Matt, this was the 15-reception, 20-target, 200-yard, three-touchdown game for Tyler Lockett. Did you hear that? 15 for 20, 200 yards and three touchdowns just a couple, just a few weeks back against Arizona or uh, Matt. I think that's a great call. I love it.
0: All right. Where are we going with this? A stack?
1: Well, I I think we have to, I think we have to do the obvious here and throw Russell Wilson
0: in. So I think so too. I
1: I don't Russell Wilson. If we're going to get monster production from Tyler Lockett, can it happen without Russell Wilson being in, uh, in the lineup? I suppose so, because there are times where he just locks onto one receiver and everyone else is just along for the ride. But I, I feel like in a game with this high a total, where Seattle, mind you, has a 30 point implied total, they are laying, they are a field goal favorite at home. I, I'm going to throw Russell Wilson in there. Who do you got next? This is where it's going to get a bit tricky.
0: Yeah. So we're assuming we're playing large field, correct?
1: Yes, large field tournament.
0: Let's stick we'll to the Thursday
1: safe. night millionaire.
0: All right, so you and I are winning a million dollars with this lineup. Let's continue (laughs) the trend. Let's continue the trend, play into the same game script. We're assuming Seattle's passing, so maybe Arizona's off to an early lead, giving extra rushing opportunities to Kenyon Drake, who's averaging over 18 opportunities per game when he's healthy.
1: All right. Throw Kenyon Drake in there. He is inexpensive.
0: Are you not a Kenyon Drake guy? Would you go somewhere else? Would you play Chase Edmonds instead?
1: I, I honestly think I would because if we're so there are a few ways this could shake out Arizona leans on the run or they just get up early and then Seattle has to throw or Seattle gets up and Arizona's forced to move the ball downfield with the aerial attack or it just stays competitive all game I'm worried that this is the type of game that Kenyon Drake can get phased out of relatively quickly but I'm always open to hear uh a dissenting perspective on it. So we got a couple minutes here. What would your counter to that be?
0: I think just raw opportunities for Kenyon Drake will be higher. But how about this? How about we just put Kenyon Drake in for now because he's more expensive, and then if we end up needing the extra salary, we just pivot down to Chase Edmonds.
1: Okay, I'm with it. So here's what I want to do. I, we need to get one more Seattle pass catcher in here, and it looks like it, it looks like DK Metcalf is going to be a casualty not because we don't like him, but really just a casualty of roster construction and lack of salary. So uh, with the Seattle pass catchers, we have a couple cheap ones, I think. So we have a few tight ends here, whether it be Disley, Hollister, Olsen. I think if we're going with this construction, we have to go with one of these guys, Matt, who do you like the most to get in a cheap option? So we can get a little bit more expensive to round out the lineup.
0: I think we'd be okay with going the Greg Olson route. I don't. Do you think he's too cost prohibitive given our current options?
1: I I don't know if he's cost prohibitive, but I'll, I'd say this: we've seen so many times where Russell Wilson looks to a tight end in the red zone, and they score two touchdowns on two targets on the game. And I honestly think Jacob Hollister at one thousand is probably just as likely to do that as anyone. Now he's unlikely to do that, of course. But when you're talking about all of these tight ends, I would probably rather go cheap because here's the way I see it. If I go with $1,000 Hollister, um, it allows me to get to some really great options at the top. Is the difference between Olsen and Hollister, which is going to go, if I go Olsen, which is going to take me away from one of those phenomenal options at the top, is that difference worth it? I would say no. So with, with the, the pretty low range of outcomes here or really not a lot to differentiate. Give me the cheaper guys. So I can plug in a stud, one more stud at the top.
0: I don't disagree with that. I think it completely depends on who you're getting around them. I, I don't think Olsen is that much more valuable than Hollister or Disley where we're like, okay, we got to prioritize. Olsen. Exactly. Right. So I agree I, with you.
1: Cause that $2,600 is actually going to play a pretty big role here. What's your, what's your, we got two to go. Who's your uh, second to last player we're plugging in here.
0: How much salary? So, who did we actually end up going with?
1: So we have Lockett, Captain Russell Wilson, Drake Hollister. Now, okay. mind you, if Hollister. we wanted to go, like you said, if we wanted to go from Drake to Edmonds, we could do that. There are a few different ways we can make this work, but right now, that's what we have.
0: Okay, we we have a pretty decent amount of salary left. I think at this point, we could honestly just try to jam in some of the value guys. Like, I honestly think if we wanted to double stack Metcalf, we could. But just because we already have Hollister, Olsen, and Lockett, I'm going to put DeAndre Hopkins in. We have enough salary where I think we can can reasonably get him.
1: I I love it. Um, Now, the only concern here is there's no way we get to Murray, right? Like that's just – we can't do that. And then we were left at 6,100, which is the worst area – it's the worst place to be for these showdown slates, Matt, because the only one ever in that exact spot is backup quarterbacks that are never going to see a snap.
0: And
1: Carlos Hyde. Yeah, Carlos Hyde. I I suppose we could go with Carlos Hyde. That would give you 900 remaining. That's a pretty unique lineup. If I went with... I'm just trying to mess around with it here. If I went with Christian Kirk...
0: Oh, drop Drake to Edmonds.
1: Okay, so let's drop Drake to Edmonds.
0: Oh, you can't get Kirk still.
1: No, I thought I could get... Damn, I thought I could get Metcalf. I'm a hundred short of Metcalf. If I go Kirk, I'm a hundred short.
0: Man, Ugh. man, That's, uh no, pricing's good.
1: This is no man's land right now. What do you guys think? What do you guys? What do we do here? What do we do? I,
0: I think we play hide.
1: I, I think we go all the way. I think we come even further down from Hollister and just take a shot on someone.
0: Okay, let's see here. It, to me
1: like the guy that has the lowest probability of doing anything I'd rather go down to a guy that also has a very very low probability of doing anything like Ooh, DJ Dallas on...
0: oh is... my god oh, no. <laughs> it comes down to this <laughs> DJ Dallas
1: if I plug DJ Dallas in you can get Metcalf too and, and then it's just like a hardcore, it's a hardcore Seattle stack, but it's doable, man.
0: Man, I don't, I don't know about DJ Dallas playing RB3 on Seattle.
1: I hear you. And here's the great thing. We don't even need to finish this out, but this is a good exercise. It gives us a good idea of what we're dealing with, Matt. And it's it's going to be a tough day to hand-build lineups for sure.
0: Yeah, man. Even just what we did right now is pretty difficult. I think it's going to be good for tournaments.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well with Homer and Carson Both out, Dallas might not be the worst idea. Wouldn't he just be the RB2?
0: Alex Collins. You think he's the you think he's the guy? He ran clearly ahead of Dallas last week.
1: All right. Yeah, I guess so. He did have what 13 touches? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm not, we don't even have time. Cause I have the matchup show coming up in eight minutes and it's like an hour and 45 minutes long. You have the FanDuel show coming up later on in the afternoon. Uh, hey, we love you guys. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for all of the super chats. When you come back, they will be on the Jersey on the Iverson Jersey. All of you guys it doesn't matter if it's a dollar, $5, 30, 50, whatever. We appreciate all the support. We're going to get Matt, We're going to get this man a TV. It's happening. We're going to get him a TV in his house. And uh, so he could sit there and, you know, it, 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 he doesn't have a heater. He doesn't have we'll, we'll put on the, the Yule log. We'll put on a fake fireplace around the TV, Matt, and you'll feel warm and at home. All thanks to our guys here uh, watching the show and helping support us. Hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet, guys. And remember, subscribe. Help us get to 50K by the end of the year. We love you all. Thanks for hanging out. Stick around. Less than 10 minutes. Matt Savoka and myself coming off NFL Strategy Show Week 11 Matchups Breakdown. Oh, yeah. Was was Colin sent back to the practice squad?
0: That's what Chad said.
1: Yeah, he was. He was.
0: So who's on their active
1: roster? Belor still?